All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Grease the Wheels. It's your Uncle Jimmy coming to you live from the Rock and Roll Garage. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking to you about working for the man. Okay, now we've talked about working for the man a lot. Uh, We've talked about how, in some cases, we fucking hate the man. Uh, Sometimes we don't hate the man, but we wish we were the man instead. Um, we can certainly help you with that, uh, with something we've got coming up in the future. But uh, for right now, you're working for the man and you're not earning as much money as you think you should. And the man doesn't give a shit. OK, now let me tell you what's going on here. OK, what I'm talking about mostly or what I like to get through to you or the point I would like to try to make, which I seem to be beating around the bush at is uh, corporate locations. Many of us work in businesses and dealerships. And mechanic shops, repair shops that are owned by corporations. Uh, you can think, uh, you know, Walmart, Jiffy Lube, Midas, Monroe, Meineke, Brake Check, maybe uh, Goodyear, Firestone. A lot of these places owned by large corporations, obviously. And some large corporations even own a myriad of uh, car dealerships. And there's some used car ones too. They're like CarMax. It's a corporation, but they deal in used cars. Also, you know, there's uh, several different uh, automotive groups out there that own uh, several dealerships, some of them a great many dealerships. There's uh, Penske and Hendrick and Lithia and AutoNation and uh, these assorted people. And they own a lot of dealerships. And so they have a lot of employees who help to run these dealerships. And some of these employees may not have ever even seen some of these dealerships, some of these shops, uh, but they still run them anyway. And what I find in in the case of a corporate-owned dealership, what you're going to find is that there's multiple layers of management in place to run these places. So not only do you have a service manager or a general manager or a fixed ops manager, you have a manager that manages them. And then you have a manager who manages that guy. And then you have all of the corporate home office management going on there, you know? So you're gonna have a HR manager and you're gonna have a, a, a payroll and accounting manager and you're gonna have a accounts receivable manager. You're gonna have all kinds of different management in place. And these are all people who, unlike you and I, don't work on cars. So what I'm trying to say here is that, first off, when you have a company that has a lot of layers of management, you have a lot of people who are not going to understand what it's like to be a technician. They're not going to understand what it's like to have your fucking job. They don't know anything about cars. They couldn't fix one if you held the tools in their hands for them. They, can't, they couldn't do it. Okay? That's not what they do. It's not what they do for the company. Very few technicians are ever going to be working in an HR department at a corporate-owned store or repair shop location. It's not going to happen. These are people who come in. These are white-collar people is what they are. They come in in a shirt and a tie. They drive a really nice car with white interior, and they have really nice shoes and argyle socks, and they have ties and tie clips and cufflinks, and they wear watches and jewelry. And they tell you, the technician, 
that you are doing things wrong or something wrong or that you need to be more careful or that you need to be paid less or that you need to do this to get paid more or that you know this particular customer complained about you in particular and that they need to straighten you out and maybe you need to be sent to either anger management training or sensitivity training or I don't know some fucking form of training that it may have just invented five minutes ago who knows with the climate we have today in this country I'm talking about of course the United States we have a lot of people who get offended so fucking easily that I'm surprised that each and every one of us has not been force-fed some sort of sensitivity training in case we have to talk to these fucking snowflakes. Because I, you know, you know as well as I do that if you're a car-fixing motherfucker, if you're a wrench-twisting bastard, if you're a member of the Grease the Wheels Nation, the chances are you're probably really good at what you do and you like things that not a lot of people who are considered left of center would like you like to do things that you like to do you like to be a certain way you like to say certain things obviously this isn't going to be true in all cases but for the most part technicians are really 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 hardcore blue collar workers who drink beer and shoot guns and love their kids and have dogs and go four wheeling and you know there's there's It's just not the same kind of people you're going to find working in a corporate office at the same company. You're not going to find somebody who's head of HR who behaves like a technician does. It's just, there's just differences there. There's a lot of differences there. They couldn't fix it. They, they, these are the kind of people who cross-thread the cap on their toothpaste. They can't fix a sandwich. You're the guy who is providing the product. I've told you a thousand times before. You're the guy who is producing the end product. You are the talent. You are the talent. And these people think that you're hideously uncivilized. I mean, not all of them, obviously. It's too too general of a statement, again, to be true in all cases. But in a lot of cases, they know the technicians are pretty rude and crude. And I would agree with that. I'm rude and crude. Fuck yeah. You, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you'll be like, God damn, you're right, Jimmy. You're fucking A right, James. I'm fucking proud of it, you know? I'm going through this life. I'm having a good time. I really am. I'm having a lot of fun doing what I do. I'm having a lot of fun being the way I am. I have a lot of fun saying the things that I say to people on a daily basis. I'm kind of a joker. I'm a kidder. I'm a failed comic, and I'm fucking proud of it, okay? And if the apocalypse comes, and we need a car to get the fuck out of here, and it won't start, guess what? You're not going to have the head of your HR department or some payroll geek or maybe some guy who's just a, a parts guy even. Or maybe, you know, who knows? Someone from your company who does everything except what you do or can do anything except what you do. They're going to get in that car. They're going to try to start it. And it's not going to start. And zombies are going to eat their fucking head. But if that's me, I'm there and a the car won't start. I'll get out, fix it, get back in, drive off and run over the fucking zombie. So here's the difference. You white collar people who work in your corporate office, they're going to get eaten by zombies. And as technicians who have, you know, skills and guns and other assorted weapons, <laughs> we're not going to get eaten by zombies, God damn it. And if the apocalypse does come and zombies roam the planet, I can guarantee you right now it's going to be an auto mechanic who comes up with a fucking amazing machine that fucking kills them really fast and efficiently. And so what you'll end up having after the apocalypse is a planet completely populated by the descendants of auto mechanics. It's kind of terrifying, isn't it? 
But all the white collar people will be uh, a whole, there will be actually all the white collar people and uh, by the way, actors and actresses and, and a lot of musicians and other people who don't have the same skills that we have, the same instincts that we have, the same abilities to solve problems that we have, they will all be referred to by one word, food. Simple as that. They'll be food. Or if they die and they turn into zombies and they come back and try to eat us, they will become targets. <laughs> so it's simple. You either be a goddamn auto mechanic or you be food or targets. Okay. Um, what I'm trying to say to you is that there are a lot of people in a corporate situation. I'm sorry, that was that was totally off the rails there. And I apologize if you don't enjoy that. There's <laughs> nothing I can do about that. <laughs> that shit's funny right there, goddammit. What I'm trying to say, though, is if you work for a corporation, and I don't care which one it is, whether it's Pat Boys or Midas or, you know, the Penske Auto Group, they're going to have rules that you need to follow that were thought up by people who have one job, and that is to think of rules to keep you in line as a technician or a carporter or as a parts guy or as a service advisor or anybody who works in a fucking dealership at all. They have rules, lots of them. Okay, and if you violate any of those rules, they will fucking put you out on the street because a lot of them have what they call zero tolerance for that shit. You know, let's say you, you know, you, you've insulted someone and they're offended by it. And because of the climate that we have going on in this country, and I'm talking about the United States, I don't know if it's like this everywhere in the world. I understand there's a lot of people who listen to this in other parts of the world. Unfortunately, I can't address their issues. The issues that we have is that there is a lot of people who get offended really easily in this country and if you offend one of them and you work for one of these corporations you work for a corporate store of any kind they will fucking fire you so if you want to remain employed if you want to be a technician in a certain shop and maybe you're working there already and you love it there the hours are good you're making good money maybe you know you're actually saving money and you're you're taking care of your family and you, you're saving up to buy a new house or get a new car or you you know you just you're doing well the best thing for you to do your Uncle Jimmy, the advice that your Uncle Jimmy has for you is to shut the fuck up, okay? Say nothing to anybody about anything, okay? Because the things that you say will get twisted and turned around and used against you. So it, it's best really, and it's no situation where you saying anything is going to make anything better. There never, There's never anything. No one has ever said something to somebody that made a bad situation better. Not ever. When a bad situation is a bad situation, the best thing you can do is just zip your lip and walk away. You can have an opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. This is the United States of America. You have free speech. You can say whatever you want, but just be careful. If you're in a corporate location, the things that you say can get you fired in an instant. Seen it. Seen it happen. It was wrong. It was bad. It shouldn't happen that way. But because we are a fucking nation of snowflakes who get angry when things don't go the way we want them to. When people say things that we don't like, we moan and piss like little fucking girls. And it's irritating the shit out of me. We all need to, you know, technicians, I think really honestly, in almost all cases, have really thick skin and have a really good sack on them. And you could say almost anything you want to, most of them. And they're just gonna laugh, you know? I've, I've worked with technicians where we called each other names all day long and then would had a beer with each other later. We've gotten into almost fist fights with each other. And the next day, 
we're like best friends again. It's like having being a mechanic and working with other mechanics is like having a whole nother brother. As a matter of fact, that's what I've kind of suggested in this podcast before is that we're a brotherhood. The guy next to you may not have good hygiene. He may not fix cars very well. He may do things you don't like. He may not, you may not like his family or his ethnicity or his sexual orientation or whatever, but he's still your fucking brother. He's your brother. He deserves your respect, your help, your kindness, your consideration. And guess what? You know what I found in my life? Is that if you give people that stuff, if you give people respect, they'll give it back to you in most cases. I've seen some cases where people didn't give respect back. And guess what? They stopped getting respect from me, okay? Now, when you work in a corporate store, they can't force you to do this. They can't force you to like somebody you don't like. They can't force you to to suddenly think about people who don't resemble you or don't think like you or aren't like you. They can't force you to start liking them. They can't do that. But if you fucking say the wrong thing, they can certainly fucking fire you for it. So you got to be careful. And that's why uh, what I always say is, because uh, I work in a corporate location myself, and it has become very obvious over the course of the last few months that it, working there is has made us all, everyone who works there, has made us all uptight. It has made us very on edge about what's next. It almost makes you think about what you're going to say before you say it, which is not something technicians have ever been good at. Normally, uh, we just say shit and let the chips fall where they may. And depending on where we are, it's fine. You know, if you're working for an independent and you're talking to the boss who happens to be the owner and you say, you know, hey, you, you know, why did you do that? Are you some kind of douchebag? They can say, yeah, I'm a douchebag. Just fix the fucking car, asshole. And then that's it. The conversation is over. The bad vibes are gone. He's still your boss. You're still his employee. You have to work for him. He wants you to work for him. And everything's cool. The next day you come in and you say hi. And he goes, hey, how's it going? It's all forgotten. You can have a, a tiff. You can have a beef with somebody in an independent because it's just them. There's not this mountainous layer of management that is scrutinizing every fucking syllable of everything you've ever said to anyone in the building and going, hey, he needs to be fired for what he said there. You know, that's not happening. It's not happening in an indie. Okay, so that's the one thing that indies have going for them. And the indie I worked at was like that. We, honest to God, I felt like everyone in that indie was a member of my family. But do you think I got along with every member of my family really well? Fuck no. Fuck no. I, there's, a, there's a few of them I've hated in my own family, my brothers. I've hated them, some of them, for a long time. And they do stupid things sometimes, and, and they want me to help them out all the fucking time. But when I need help, guess what? Oh, I can't do that. I'm kind of fucking busy. Oh, you know. But then I've got other brothers who are fine, and, you know, we get along great. And, you know, it was when we were younger, mostly, that the, there was a lot of animosity, you know. But uh, in, a, in an independent shop, you have almost, a, I mean, you can have almost the same kind of relationship. Some independent shops suck dick. And the owner is a jack off and he wants you to do things that are all fucking wrong and are bad. And maybe that's not your mantra. Maybe that's not your modus of operandi. Maybe you just want to get the fuck out of there and tell him, hey, you know what? I'm not going to fucking rip this guy off. You want to rip him off? Go fucking rip him off yourself. I'm going to tell him he doesn't need a water pump, even though you're telling him he needs a water pump. You know, there's that whole thing, too. You know, if you're working for somebody who has ethics and intelligence, you know, you can you can get away you can get away with saying things to them. You can tell them what you think. They're not going to get upset about it in most cases, obviously. Here again is my patented line. I'm going to get this thing trademarked. Obviously, it's too general of a statement to be true in all cases. But when you work in an indie, you don't have this crushing mountain of 
HR bullshit coming down on your head. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. Now, HR refers to human resources. And a lot of these big, bigger companies, bigger corporations have a whole department of people who figure out things like your health insurance and and uh, what else do they do? They, they maybe keep you in line as far as the hours that you work and maybe taking vacation stuff like that, you know. But they're in charge of the humans at that particular location or locations, I should say. These are not car people that maybe to some of them, it would be a shock to actually meet some of us wrench-twisted motherfuckers and talk to us for more than 10 minutes. And what they would probably walk away with is a count of how many times we said the word fuck. They'd be like, this guy, I talked to him for 20 minutes. He said fuck 35 fucking times. He's got me doing it now. (laughs) It's a great word, I gotta say, but this is what I'm talking about. You have the white-collar world that is upper management and the layers, the humongous layers of upper management at a corporation, regardless of the name of it. And you have an independent, which, you know, you have almost no layers of management. You have one manager and that's it. He And he's the layer. He lays down the law or she, in our case, in my case, it was a she and she was, eh. I want to be kind because she was a, a really, really nice, smart person. But uh, as far as running the shop, not so good. But, uh, that's neither here nor there. That's something I don't have to deal with anymore. And, and time has eroded the memory of all the tiffs that we had about this, that, and the other thing. And how she was wrong and I was right. And she pointed out that I was wrong. And probably if if I was to be honest with myself, I was wrong probably most of the time. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Imagine that, Uncle Jimmy. You were wrong about something. Yeah. That's a shocker. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is that depending on where you work, you have to mind your P's and Q's, which means you have to be, you have to have a good attitude, you have to be friendly, you have to be nice, and you have to keep your opinion to yourself, and you have to learn to shut the fuck up. That's the only way you're going to survive in this world, because it's not going to get better, it's only going to get worse. Now, there's a lot of things that are excellent about working for a corporation, and there's a lot of things that are excellent about working for a dealership. One of the things that I enjoy about working for the dealership is that I only work on one brand of cars, that's it. I only work on newer cars because that's all that's coming into the dealership, stuff that's under warranty. Uh, I don't get a lot of customer pay stuff, it's just the way it is. Dealerships are viewed by everyone in the world as a place where you go and you get screwed. Simple as that, and honestly, Again, too general state to be true in all cases, but when you go to the dealer, you're gonna get bent over. You're gonna, you're gonna have to pay the absolute, the absolute maximum amount of money that can be charged for a car part. Everywhere else in the world is cheaper. Every, the, the auto parts stores, the junkyards are all cheaper. All their parts are cheaper. And the labor, same thing with the labor. You're never gonna find anyone out there charging a higher labor than the dealership does. But, you typically have technicians who are fully trained, certified, they're experienced, and they probably know your car better than anyone. Because for the first four years that car was out, that's all they worked on. I can tell you right now, uh, as a BMW technician, I spent many, 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 many years, and I mean many, working on 02 to 09 seven series cars, which is honest to God, easily, one of the worst cars ever built, but they were extraordinarily popular when they were new. They fostered, the design was much reviled, but they fostered design changes in other cars that I see every day to this day coming out of 
factories all over the world brand new still. They changed the way cars were designed. They had a lot of systems in them that didn't work very well. They had a few systems in them that actually did work very well, and it was experimental in a lot of cases. And also, too, it was the first car ever built with a control display, with a screen in it that had information on it that you could look at when you were driving. And as I've said before, I was never a fan of it when it was new, and to this day, I'm still not a fan of it because I'm not a fan of anything that causes the driver to take his eyes off the fucking road. So there's that. But let me tell you something, okay? As a, as a technician at a dealer, I worked on it tons and tons of those cars. So there is not anything that they can do that I don't understand exactly what they're doing. So that's one of the joys of working at the dealership. But you get out to, you get out to the uh, independence, and one of those cars rolls in. Those guys don't have a clue about that shit. They don't have a clue. I can't tell you how many times I fielded questions on the phone from technicians all over the area where I was, asking me about that car. Where does this go? What does that do? Why is this like that? Why is that like that? And I would tell them because a lot of times they didn't understand what the fuck I was talking about anyway. And this is just the God's honest truth. I'm not trying to build myself up. I understood the car. I spent a good solid month learning about how it works and why it doesn't. And then I spent a good solid, well, 17 years working on them, making them work again. And in some cases, the repairs were so horrendous so expensive that the cars didn't actually get repaired. And that's what happens to cars when they're a little older, they don't get repaired. This is something that I learned at a, at a, at a dealership. Now I worked at one, that I worked at a couple of them that were parts of really small auto groups. So there wasn't the humongous layers of, of management there, but there were still HR departments at all these places. And they didn't know anything about that car. I'm the one who knew about that car. I was the talent. I was the one who got the experience. So for them to judge me based on, you know, what they see on a stat sheet, for them to analyze the data on me and say, oh, this guy's worth this much money, or this guy said this to somebody like that, and he's got to go. You know, they're not taking into account any of the ancillary options, if you will, that I bring to the table, you know? like Things like, oh, he's always on time, his bay is always clean, he always empties his garbage, he always helps the other guys, he's friendly to everybody, he's nice, he's got a good attitude, sometimes he's a little cranky, sometimes he talks to himself, Sometimes he's there late. Sometimes he's there late working on his own car. Sometimes he's not too friendly, but that's not very often. These are these are the things that they don't know anything about. They don't know anything about. I'm a number. I'm, I'm just a fucking number on a sheet. And, and the larger the corporation, the larger the number, that's all. I mean, I've had tech numbers that were two digits and tech numbers that were four digits. And now I have a tech number that is six digits. So what does that tell you? That tells you that there's a hell of a lot of employees at this dealership group that I'm at now. So, and it also kind of helps me get lost in the mix. Okay. When there's problems, that's when the, the microscope gets turned on and the scrutiny starts. And usually that's when one or more people gets shown the door. And that's one of the pitfalls. As far as being experienced and trained, a lot of times that knowledge, that uh, those options, those things that you do that are good, they just go by the wayside. That's all gone. Uh, they can't imagine that there's nobody else out there. And that's another thing that bites me in the ass is that nobody wants to do the job we're doing. Nobody. Nobody is coming up through the ranks that is even remote. I mean, obviously here again, too general a statement to be true in all cases, but there are very few people coming up through the ranks, you know, from high school to tech school to maybe factory training and then rolling into the dealership with a brand new set of tools and doing our job the way we do it as well as we do it. It's not happening. 
It is not happening anymore. Throughout the industry, I'm hearing nothing but stories of abject failures rolling into the dealerships. So, and the corporations don't seem to be willing to, to deal with this problem. They don't seem to be willing to do anything about it. They don't seem to be willing to acknowledge it. They just stand around scratching their head and go, how do we get technicians? Uh, we put out a want ad. Uh-huh. That's just how they've done it for 100 years. And guess what? That free ride, that's, it's over. It's over. The cars got really, really hard to fix, and nobody can fix them, and nobody wants to fix them. End of sentence. And if you found somebody who's good at fixing them and somebody who wants to fix them, well, you should probably fucking figure out a way to take care of that son of a bitch. But you know what? You're not gonna. You're not gonna. And that that's the way it is at corporations throughout the nation, throughout this nation anyway. They have people who are willing and able to fix the cars and they don't give a fuck about them. They're worried about who's gonna replace him when he's gone. And guess what? No one... No one wants to replace them. No one is chomping at the bit to do the job that we do. Sure, there's a few sick son of a bitches <laughs> that want to do what we do, but not enough, especially when more people have more cars and there's less people to work on them. And one of these days, they'll all wake up and they'll understand what I'm talking about. And it'll be long after I'm gone, probably. Anyway, that's enough of me ranting about corporations and corp being uptight with a corporation. All right, that's enough of me going on. This is your Uncle Jimmy signing off saying, see ya.